Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number two of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want my weekly rankings as well as an answer to any of your questions make sure you guys check out the patreon link down below in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents also an important note i'll be live tonight prior to thursday night football answering all of your guys questions will also be live on sunday prior to sunday kickoff so without further ado let's get into my week number two top 36 running back rankings and tiers we begin with the S tier at the running back position, beginning at number one with Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the LA Rams this week in LA. Now, last week, the Rams defense did look incredibly stout up against Kenneth Walker and the boys over in Seattle, but ultimately, this is a much bigger test, right? This 49ers offense just ran a train all over the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and defense. Christian McCaffrey finished as the RB number three on the week, having over 150. 50 all-purpose yards as well as a touchdown. I think he could easily do the exact same thing this week up against the Rams defense. We all know that the 49ers over the last couple of years have been really owning the LA Rams, so I think Christian McCaffrey is in for yet another huge game. Now, you can argue that some of these guys that are in the A tier, or all of them, should be in the S tier with McCaffrey, but I really do feel like McCaffrey is just uber safe and has so much upside. There's some downside with these guys in the A tier. For me, McCaffrey up against the Rams is just a cupcake matchup for him. Moving now to the A tier, we begin with 9-inch Nicholas Chubb, my RB number 2, going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh on Monday night football. Last week, Nick Chubb was the RB number 10 up against the Bengals, up against the Steelers, who just got devoured, demolished, destroyed by Christian McCaffrey. I think Nick Chubb should be in for yet another solid game, and we did see, come to fruition, what I talked about in the off season. Nick Chubb got four targets and four receptions. Obviously, he's not going to catch as many balls as Christian McCaffrey or something, but that is promising towards his upside. At number three, we got Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler is dealing with a bit of an ankle injury, but he was not present in practice yesterday due to him being at the funeral of his agent. Obviously, a terrible situation to be in for Eckler, and I hope that he is okay. Obviously, dealing with the death of someone is very severe. So I hope Eckler is good to go in week number two. If he's not, then you would obviously just move up his backup running back, who we are going to be talking about a little bit later, Joshua Kelly. So I think Eckler is going to be good to go in this game. Now, on paper, the Titans' defense looked incredibly stout up against the Saints, but I think that's a little fugazi. I don't really think the Titans have all that great of a defense. I think Austin Eckler could go to pound town here up against the Tennessee Titans' defense, and I do expect Austin Eckler, if he plays, to have a top three performance at the running back position. At number four, we got Saquon Barkley of the Giants going up against the Arizona Cardinals. In Arizona, week one was obviously a complete and utter fucking disaster for the Giants as a whole, right? They're 
defense got the shit beat out of them. Their offense was terrible. Saquon Barkley got hit into the shadow realm, fumbled the ball or went up in the air, and then the Dallas Cowboys ran it into the end zone. Saquon Barkley finishes as the RB31 last week. There are obviously much brighter paths ahead for Saquon Barkley. The Arizona Cardinals defense is soft as baby shit, so Saquon should be in for a big bounce back game. At number five, we got Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Jets at home in Dallas. Last week, Pollard was the RB number five, scoring not one, but two touchdowns in that game up against the Giants. Now, the Jets defense is obviously a much taller task than the Giants defense, right? The Jets have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They put the Buffalo Bills offense in a torture chamber last week. But the question really is, what happens now if Zach Wilson isn't just playing decent? What happens if Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson that we're used to, right? What happens if it's 14-0 to start the game and then you just know from there on out that it's fucking over because Zach Wilson against the Cowboys defense isn't making that comeback. So we're going to see a lot of Tony Pollard in this game. He appears to be very involved in the game plan, obviously, without Ezekiel Elliott there now in New England. Tony Pollard is a very safe bet in week number two. To close out the A tier, we got Bijan Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Green Bay Packers at home in Atlanta. Now, despite the fact that Tyler Algier scored two fucking touchdowns in that game last week against the Panthers, Bijan still finished the week as the RB7. This guy is incredibly legit. I think every single person who was in the comments section chatting shit in the offseason, Nick, you can't rank a rookie running back in the first round. You can't rank him as the RB3. We've never seen him play in the NFL. Probably feels like an idiot. Now, I know, Nick, you always preach don't overreact to week one. Well, when Bijan does that in week number one, when you see how good he looks, I don't think it's an overreaction. I thought this guy was going to be downright incredible, and he was in week number one. Now, what happens if Tyler Algier doesn't vulture the touchdowns this week? Bijan could finish as the running back number one. Now, I'm not saying that that can't happen, right? I think Algier is going to be involved. He's going to be involved all year because the Falcons are one of the most run-heavy offenses in the National Football League. Moving now to the B tier, beginning with D-Rock Henry Tractor Cito of the Titans going up against the LA Chargers defense at home in Tennessee. Last week, Derrick Henry was the RB14 on the week up against the Saints, but I think there are greener pastures ahead for Henry as well, right? The Chargers defense is abysmal up against the run. The thing is, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, just for some reason didn't want to run. He wanted to have have this tit for tat rock'em sock'em robots matchup with the Chargers and throw the ball a bunch which was fun to watch right for my boy Tua who threw 466 yards up against that defense but they could have just committed to Mostert and just kept running right would have worked really well Chargers defense is a sieve against the run. Derrick Henry, still one of the best running backs in the NFL. I know there's going to be people, Nick, Tajay Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry last week. Well, guess what? Derrick Henry still looked good. And even if we're seeing more snaps out of Spears, which I don't think will be the case going forward, I think Derrick Henry will still be just fine. At number eight, we got Josh Jacobs, who is now number eight on the Las Vegas Raiders. Going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. We just saw Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook form an Eiffel Tower over that Buffalo Bills defense in the rushing attack. I think Josh Jacobs bounces back here. RB32 last week up against the 
Broncos. There's not a lot to say about Jacobs, right? I still do believe he's one of the better running backs in the National Football League. Great pass catcher, great in between the tackles, outside the tackles. Obviously, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game, but I think we see a lot more Josh Jacobs in week number two compared to week number one. At number nine, we have Ramondre Stevenson of the New England Deflatriots going up against my Miami Dolphins. RB32 or 13, that's like way different. Sorry, I don't know how to fucking read. RB13, I'm like Floyd Mayweather last week in PPR up against the Eagles. The Dolphins' defense is terrible against the run. Austin Eckler literally could have closed his eyes. He could have blindfolded himself like he was in the Bird Box film and ran for 300 yards against the Dolphins if they just kept committing to the run. Our run defense, and I say our because I'm on the team, is terrible. If the Patriots keep this one close, which I think they will be able to. It is a division rivalry matchup. It's because Ramondre Stevenson runs for seven gazillion yards. Now, this is a big now. Bill O'Brien, stop using Zeke so much. At the end of the game, there's crucial moments where Zeke is in, not Ramondre. Zeke looks like he's running in fucking quicksand in molasses. Ramondre runs like Hussein Bolt. So give Ramondre Stevenson the rock, please. Now, as a Dolphins fan, I hope they give it to Zeke. But for fantasy, we need more Ramondre Stevenson because that was only just the beginning for Ramondre, right? We can see that, you know, his usage in week one should be substantially higher going forward to close out the B tier. At number 10, Travis at the end of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Chiefs. If you have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. So in week number one, we didn't see a whole lot of Tank Bigsby. ETN was the RB number six on the week. This should be a high scoring tit for tat, rock'em, sock'em, robots, back and forth affair between the Jags and the Kansas City Chiefs. Ultimately, I think a lot of people are going to pick the Jags to win this one, but it does seem like Travis Kelsey will be good to go. So I think the Chiefs get right here, right? Lose to the Lions, bounce back spot against the Jags. But ETN's involvement was very clear, right? We didn't see a whole lot of Tank Bigsby in week number one. And if that is the case going forward, which I didn't think was going to be the case in the offseason, ETN has basically solidified himself as a top 10 running back start week in and week out. And he has got some great matchups after this one, right? The Chiefs, not the best, not the worst, but then he's got the Texans, the Falcons, right? Some solid matchups coming up for ETN to maybe even finish as the RB number one in those games. Moving now to the C tier, at number 11, we got Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the whole Bengals offense was just abysmally bad in week number one, right? Joe Mixon was the RB 28, but that's because Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, and this whole offense just could not get it up. They were in dire need of a Viagra, and they just didn't do anything. It was hard to watch. It really was because I know that the Browns at home against the Cincinnati Bengals against Joe Burrow have been dominant 50 Shades of Grey style. But did we really expect Joe Burrow, who just got paid that huge fucking extension to shit the bed on live television? I didn't really think it would be that bad. So Joe Mixon has 10 fantasy points. Nothing special out of Mixon, but this spot up against the Ravens should be better. I know that the Ravens locked up Damian Pierce last week and threw away the key, but there's a big difference between the Texans offense and the Cincinnati Bengals at number 12. Kenneth Walker III of the Seattle Seahawks got up against the Lions in Detroit. RB26 last week up against the Rams. Again, the Rams played out of their mind last week, right? I don't think anyone expected. Sure, maybe the Rams could win, right? 
anything's possible in the NFL. But I don't think anyone expected a colossal beatdown of sorts of the Seattle Seahawks offense. They looked terrible. And I think in week number two, up against the Lions, they bounce back. I know the Chiefs' run game wasn't very successful up against the Lions, but there's a large difference between Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Pacheco or Jack McKinnon or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And again, while I'm not the biggest Kenneth Walker truther for the whole season because I like Zach Charbonnet, right now it's early on in the season. We are still going to see a lot of Walker to close out the C tier here. A.A. Ron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Now, Important to put an asterisk on this ranking because A.A. Ron Jones is not guaranteed to play. Did not practice Wednesday. Don't think he practiced today either on Thursday, which is very scary. Now, Aaron Jones could mosey his way, Billy Strutt his way, onto the field up against the Falcons with zero practice and rip them to shreds and finish as the RB1 on the week. I think so. Let's be honest. This seems like... A injury where you're going against the Falcons. Then you got the Saints, right? If you think the Packers team is any what decent, you would say, hey, maybe Matt LaFleur is going to just be cautious with Aaron Jones, right? Maybe the Packers, still the Packers, right? Maybe Jordan Love is the second coming of Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. And, you know, the Packers are just going to be good. So even if maybe the doctor's like, he could go, I would expect the Packers to... Hold him out unless he practices on Friday. So if Aaron Jones does not play, that opens up a large door for the quadzilla A.J. Dillon to have a top 15-12 week in fantasy football. Now, Dillon can't even hold the jockstrap of Aaron Jones, but if Aaron Jones is out, Dillon will be given such a hefty workload that you would just have to move him up the rankings. Moving now to the D tier, we begin with RB number 14 here, Brees Hall of the New York Jumbo Jets going up against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Now, Brees Hall, another guy that didn't participate in practice or limited participant in Wednesday's practice. Brees Hall is not 100%. I get that. But even Brees Hall at 50% health or 60% literally looked like one of the best running backs in the NFL last week, RB number 11. Now, I'm tempted to rank him in the C tier, but the thing is, this game could get very out of hand. I'm talking about this game being a certified SmackDown brother, Hulkamaniac fucking game where the Jets are just getting pounded out all game long and Brees Hall doesn't get much opportunity. But what I will say, if the Jets can hang on for dear life in the first half, it's going to be because Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook look really good. And even if Hall isn't practicing a substantial amount, I think they kind of want to just reduce the wear and tear on him and then unleash him on Sunday. Again, he's not going to be a workhorse running back just yet, but even if he's just given not a crazy amount of snaps, if he can get, he got 10 carries in week one. If he can get 13 carries, he could get maybe three targets, got two targets in week one. This guy could really be a top 10 running back this week. Before we move on in to RB15 through 36 for the rest of the video, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. 
Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em for the NFL in the universe. And they have a great offer for you guys on Thursday night, the Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings. You got to go ahead and pick Jalen Hurts higher than half of a total yard. All he has to do is get one total yard and you match that with one other pick. For instance, you can go with Justin Jefferson higher than seven receptions. If both of those hit, you can go ahead and get three times your entry on that. If you want to add in a third pick, you'd get six times, a fourth pick, you're 10 times, and a fifth pick you would get 20 times your entry fee if you want to check out underdog fantasy make sure you check out the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 and you have to be in one of the states that are on your screen right now if you use that link or type in promo code notorious to get a first match deposit bonus up to $100 if you deposit 100 they give you an additional 100 if you do 50 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog is $10 so make sure you guys check that out and if you have a gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, we got David Montgomery as the RB15 up against the Seahawks at home in Detroit. Now, David Montgomery definitely didn't look as good as Jameer Gibbs in week number one, but we do know that the Lions are going to continue to look to ramp up Jameer Gibbs' workload, but I don't think Jameer Gibbs is going to be like a workhorse running back until probably halfway through the season. So in a good matchup against Seattle, I believe this really is a good matchup for a running back. We saw that Kyron Williams and Cam Akers ate that Seattle Seahawks Hawks defense for breakfast, lunch, and fucking dinner. Now I know Nick Cam Akers only had like 25 yards. Yeah, but he had a touchdown and Kyron had two touchdowns. I think this could be a huge game out of Montgomery, even if he isn't catching any passes and Jameer Gibbs is just doing all that. At number 16, James let him cook of the Bills going up against the loss. Vegas Raiders at home in Buffalo last week was a disaster for the Buffalo Bills right Josh Allen was doing his best Helen Keller impression trying to throw the football and everything went wrong he was throwing into triple coverage quadruple coverage he was throwing it to fucking Manti Teo's girlfriend in the middle of the field right no one could catch the ball because Josh played like shit thus the run game suffered Right? Only 12 carries for James Cook, but this is a big but. Like Kim Kardashian, James Cook got six targets, four receptions, right? If James Cook continues to get targeted like this and he gets a significantly softer matchup, like a mattress firm mattress, no free ads for mattress firm, so I shouldn't have said that. A Tempur-Pedic, that's also a free ad. No free ads, but James Cook, RB... 16 expert consensus rankings this week. That's exactly where I got him as the RB16. I think he's going to look real good up against this Raiders defense. And again, while Josh Allen was seeing ghost Sam Donald style in week number one, I expect this to be a dicking down of the Raiders defense. At number 17, Alexander Matisson of the Vikings going up against the Eagles in Philadelphia tonight. RB16 last week wasn't the sweetest game out of Madison, but Now he gets the Eagles. Eagles defense didn't look the best against the run. The Eagles defense is banged up. So this may not be as much of a slaughter as I thought it was going to be just a couple of days ago. Maybe the Vikings are able to keep up here. I don't think the Vikings are going to win because we know primetime Kirko chains, big Kirk dripping like that is going to end up fucking something up some, some way, somehow. But I still think Madison should have a good game. He has a pretty clear stranglehold of the RB1 spot on this team. Is he a workhorse running back? No, but is anyone going to surpass him in carries? No. 
I mean, the guy got every single carry for the Vikings aside from three other ones, so it's pretty clear he has a strong role in this offense. At number 18, we got Jameer Gibbs up against the Seahawks. Now, again, I talked about this when we were talking about David Montgomery just half of a second ago. Jameer Gibbs is obviously second fiddle to David Montgomery right now. We are going to see as the weeks go on that we see more and more and more Gibbs until he is fully unleashed and Jameer Gibbs could be one of the best running backs in fantasy football. We saw it on Thursday. Thursday up against the Chiefs. Just how good Jameer Gibbs can be. Man's averaging six yards per carry. He's clearly very good, but they want to ease him in. And just the tip, this matchup is so sweet, so mouth-watering that I think we should still have Gibbs ranked as a top 20 running back, but I think ranking him in the C tier or the B tier at this point, even though the matchup is a wet dream for Gibbs, we simply just cannot do that because we know the workload isn't going to be substantially higher. At number 19, Damian Pierce shits the bed in week one. Just a disaster. RB41 against the Ravens. But we just saw ETN look pretty good against this Colts defense. I think that the Houston Texans will be more competitive in this game. I think CJ Stroud will continue to get better. And this offense as a whole will benefit from that. We only saw Pierce get 11 carries in week one. I think that will be a lot higher in this game. Devin Singletary did get some touches in week number one. But all that should have told the Houston Texans coaching staff is that Devin Singletary is terrible. When you saw him get the ball. I was like, oh my gosh, why does Damian Pierce look so slow? No, it's because it was Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary runs at the speed that old people have intercourse. So Damian Pierce should be in for a much higher workload in week number one or in week number two in the Dome in Indianapolis. I think this will be a relatively closer game, and I think Damian Pierce will see a lot more work. And again, I believed heavily in Pierce in the offseason. I'm not just fucking throwing him off my team. DEFCON a million, right? Panic mode off the ass, right? I'm not too worried just yet about Pierce. Now, if he puts up a stinker against the Colts, yeah, I'm going to start to worry. But a bad game against the Ravens in really bad game script shouldn't make you full-on panic on Pierce to close out the D tier. Rashad with two A's white up against the Chicago, Chicago Bears at home in Tampa Bay. Now, Rashad White was about as efficient as rubbing your ass with some Leafs, right? Or wiping your ass, not rubbing your ass. I'm not a freak like Deshaun Watson. 17 rushes, but 2.3 a carry. Two targets, two receptions, 10 receiving yards, a running back, 39. Now, I talked about Rashad White in the offseason, and the biggest reason why I didn't like him was because I didn't think he was going to be efficient with the Bucks, and I thought that we were going to see a lot of the RB number two, whoever that ended up being. We rolled the Magic 8 ball. It appears the running back number two is Sean Tucker the fucker from Syracuse. So, my worries were correct. Rashad White didn't look good. But now he gets the Bears defense that just got their butthole ripped open by Aaron Jones. Now, am I saying Rashad White is Aaron Jones? No, no, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the matchup is very positive for a bounce back. And maybe Baker isn't as bad as people thought. And maybe this Bucks offense will be able to play decent up against the Bears. Moving now to the E-tier running backs 21. Can you do something for me through 23? Miles, left hands up. Who are we? The Commander Sanders. That made no sense of the Carolina Panthers going up against the Saints. So Miles Sanders. A lot of people in the offseason 
Dick riding Miles Sanders, hitting him with the Gawk Gawk 9000 special, slurping on this guy's metaphorical wee wee while cupping his balls. And we get to week one up against Hot Lana. 18 rushes, 72 yards, RB 22 on the week, six targets, four receptions. So, while it wasn't the best game, maybe me as a doubter of Sanders might be proved wrong because he did actually get a lot of targets. I was worried that Frank Reich was feeding us some fake news, right? That he was feeding us some bullshit, that Miles Sanders was going to catch more passes. I just didn't believe it. But it was the case week one. Again, we're not overreacting to week one. The Saints defense was really strong against D-Rock Henry. But was that because the Titans offense was just so bad because Tannehill was turning the ball over like his name was Josh Allen? Or is that because the Saints have a really good run defense? That is to be seen in week number two. I don't want to rank it much higher than RB21, but I do feel that... He's going to finish in the range of like RB 18 to 24 this week. So I thought 21 was a fair spot for him. And he was pretty efficient for yards per carry. Again, nothing special. But when you get 18 carries and your team is down bad with Bryce Young, worse, worse stats than that. Running back 22, Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris, the game script for Najee Harris was terrible in week one. They got slapped out upside the head by the 49ers. And it was bad. It was a forehand, backhand, like the key and peel sketch. This motherfucker got six carries for 31 yards, two targets, two receptions, two receiving yards, RB45 on the week, right? Everything went wrong against the Niners. The Niners locked Kenny Pickett into a fucking jail cell, right? He couldn't do anything. He was locked up, don't let me out. And they threw away the key. That offense was putrid. Deontay Johnson gets hurt. Everything goes wrong, right? The 49ers just literally looked like they had the blueprint to beat the Steelers. And normally the Steelers at home, week one underdogs, they're normally frisky, right? There was no frisky in that game. This was a beat down. This was like when Conor McGregor beat the shit out of Jose Aldo, right? It wasn't even a close contest like Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya last week on Saturday when Sugar, not Sugar Sean, well, Sugar Sean also beat down uh, Aljamain Sterling, but Sean Strickland, he, he just, like, Izzy was terrible in that fight. Anyone who watched the UFC, I know there's some people that don't watch the UFC. They're probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Basically, the guy that no one expected to win was like plus 500 in the betting odds. He was loading that plus 300, I think. I bet him he won. But uh, yeah, he beat down this guy that, you know, normally Izzy's pretty good. Izzy can get caught, but normally pretty good. Just like the Steelers, right? They can get caught in week one, but normally week one, Tomlin has the boys ready. Nah, this was just a, a beat down. So I expect, sorry to go so long on a tangent that makes no sense, like half the audience, probably more than half the audience. Najee Harris, bad game week one, brush it off. Now I do worry about Najee Harris because... More alert, I don't think Najee Harris is that great, but he was averaging five yards per carry in that game. Should be a way better spot this week against the Browns, so I'm not ready to go full-on hate Najee Harris season just yet, but Jalen Warren's usage will be potentially an issue going forward. RB23, Raheem Mostert. Now, Mostert was back at practice on Thursday, so maybe we don't have to full-on panic yet. We know notoriously the Patriots' defense is good against the run, and we know notoriously head coach Mike McDaniel hates running. He will see a wide-open hole. Pause, right? He just sees a gaping hole, 
and just doesn't run. He's like, whatever, we're to throw. Now, will Mike McDaniel learn from last week? Probably not, because they won. But as a fan of the Dolphins, I want to see more Raheem Mostert without Jeff Wilson. Devin Two Chains could see his debut this week. We could see uh, Salvin Ahmed be the RB2. Raheem's the clear RB1. Not a great matchup, but if he plays, which I suspect he will based upon the report that he was back at practice on Thursday, I think Raheem will have a decent enough game to finish as a low-end running back number two. Could he fall ass backwards into like RB12? Maybe he scores two touchdowns? Yeah. But based upon how Mike likes to run the rock, probably not. Interesting story, real quick, before we get to the rest of the running backs. Tua Tungavailoa, as a Dolphins fan, I just have all these interesting tidbits about the Dolphins. Drove past Teron Armstead, who was, his car was broken down on the side of the road, going to the Dolphins facility. He thought it was Armstead, just drove past him and didn't go save him. What a teammate Tua is, right? Because that'll be spun into something bad, but I just thought that story was pretty funny. Teron Armstead should be good to go in this game as well, which is positive for the rushing attack because Armstead is a great offensive lineman moving to the f tier james connor finished as the rb20 last week james connor just feels disgusting to throw in your lineup he was a limited participant in practice yesterday i expect him to be good to go the reason why it's gross to play james connor is not because james connor is some washed up running back at his age the problem is is that he's on the cardinals and we expect that every single game, the Arizona Cardinals are going to get bent over the table without the use of lube. We expect them to get smacked with a lock in the sock in a sock while taking a shower, right? That's what we expect out of the Cardinals. Now, even if that is the case, we're still going to see a lot of Connor. Connor has been very successful in his career as an Arizona Cardinal running back without Kyler Murray. It's very evident on this team that he is the lead back. Saw five targets last week. Should be able to see a similar thing against the Giants. Now, the Giants got obliterated in week one, 40 to zero. I don't think that's going to be the case in this game. Should be a closer matchup. I think the Giants will win. But while it does feel disgusting to throw Connor in your lineup, it's hard to rank him further back than RB24 because, you know, even if the Cardinals are getting shellacked in this game, Connor's going to somehow finish as a top 24 back. At number 25, we got Jamal Williams. Now, Jamal Williams got 18 carries, averaged two and a half a carry. Now, are the Titans' defense really legit against the run, or Jamal Williams just not that good? Probably a little bit of both. Jamal Williams was effective last year because he got so many touchdowns, didn't score in week one. This matchup against the Panthers, we just saw the Panthers allow not one, not two, but Trace, three tugs up against the Atlanta Falcons last week. So hopefully this is a better spot for Jamal Williams. I'm not quitting on him just yet. And I don't think Kendra Miller will play. At 26, we got B-Rob of the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders going up against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Cardinals, soft serve cupcake matchup against the run. The Denver Broncos kind of shut down Josh Jacobs last week. So should be a worse game out of B-Rob, who was the RB15 last week. Even caught a touchdown. Antonio Gibson basically got sent to the shadow realm in that game as he got benched, basically. For bad play. I believe he fumbled the rock not great think that antonio gibson gets back on the saddle this week though i don't think riverboat ron is just gonna throw him on the bench when eric Bieniemy appears to at least from what i read in training camp and preseason it seemed like Bieniemy liked gibson and what he brought to the pass catching, catching attack of this team so i think we see a lot more robinson still though problem is the matchup is scary to where while I like Robinson and while I started to really get on the Brian Robinson hype train towards the end of the offseason, 
I just can't rank him higher because of the matchup. 27, Javante Williams looked all right in week one. Six targets, four receptions, five yards, 13 rushes, 52 yards. He looked good. He really did. Commander's defense against the run will be stout. Russell Wilson didn't look very much improved. Now, did he look really bad like last year? No. But did he look like Seattle Seahawks running back Javante, not Javante Williams, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson? No. So we'll see here. I think if Javante Williams' workload continues to get increased more than what we saw in week one, he's a for sure starter. I'm still starting him this week. But again, this game does kind of reek of a lower scoring affair. That won't be very exciting in my opinion for either of these backs. Moving now to the G tier, like a G6, like a G6, not na not na not. 28, Tyler Algier. Running back four in week one. Running back four in week one for Tyler Algier. What? Running back four? How is that possible with B. John Robinson? Well, because they run the ball so much. 15 carries, 75 rushing yards, two tugs, three targets, three receptions, 19 receiving yards. Four running back finish. Do I expect him to be the RB4? Fuck no, baby. But could he be a top 10 running back? Yeah. He could. He really could. I think as the weeks go along, if we see Algier get this much work in week two, I'm going to have to keep pushing him up. But I don't think he's going to get two touchdowns this week. I don't think he's going to get 15 carries. I think he's going to be an all right running back on the week. I have him ranked ahead of Khalil Herbert because we know the Falcons are going to run a lot. I don't know that the Bears are going to because they might be paying catch up, playing, not paying catch up, playing catch up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Running back 25 last week for Khalil Herbert. We saw Roshan look a little spicy in that game. Still think Khalil is the RB1. Disaster-filled game for the Chicago Bears when you're watching the game. Every time I looked up, it was like... So, I explained this a lot in the videos. I have two screens that I watch the games on. I watch Red Zone on one screen, and the screen on the right is four games. The Bears made it. They made it onto the fourth screen, whether or the second screen, where there's four games. And Khalil Herbert would get the... Not Khalil Herbert. Herbert... the fuck am I talking about? We're not ending this out, though, because it's funny when I say things wrong. At least I think it's funny. Like, oh, this guy's a fucking dumbass talking. You know, I'm only human. But Fields gets the ball. He's running around. He basically runs like 100 yards in the backfield like Barry Sanders play in te or Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. And then, like, nothing happens. He gets sacked or he runs for like two yards or he throws like a duck into the ground. Now, do I think Justin Fields is going to look like that every week? No, but I'm kind of scared. Kind of scared that this offense is about as creative as trying to, as a fucking child drawing a stick figure, right? This offense was a lot of behind the line of scrimmage, four-yard passes. That shit ain't going to cut it in the NFL. At number 30, Joshua Kelly. If Eckler doesn't play, throw Joshua Kelly directly up to the moon. I think we are going to see more Kelly because Eckler is still banged up, right? He might be out there on a fucking peg leg like Patchy the Pirate. So, we're still going to see Kelly, but I don't expect as much Kelly as week one. And again, maybe that Titans run defense is really good. So, we got Joshua Kelly buried down here. Not a terrible start, not an ideal start, though. If Eckler misses, though, we would have to move him up. At number 31, we got A.J. Dillon. Again, his ranking heavily hinges on, is Miss Yola A.J. Dillon going to be the lead back, or is it going to be Aaron Jones? If Aaron Jones misses... Then boom, A.J. Dillon going to move up to like a top 15 back. Make sure if you want an updated version of my rankings, you check out the Patreon. Link in the video description for $7.50. But we get to week two and Aaron Jones is the guy. 
AJ Dillon doesn't really do shit unless there's an injury to Jones, knock on wood, or unless he somehow scores a touchdown. Running back 32 to close out the G tier. Now, 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 DeAndre Swift was terrible in week number one. Two total touches. Now, and if Gainwell, Kenny G spot isn't playing. So, presumably, DeAndre Swift's going to have a good game. But I will make an important note to you guys. I don't think DeAndre Swift's going to do good. I have him up here because he is going to actually see the carries for once, hopefully. And maybe he will be able to take a stranglehold over this backfield. But I don't actually think he's going to do that. I think that we're going to see Boston Scott, maybe even Rashad Penny. And it's going to be frustrating. And you're going to be pissed if you started DeAndre Swift. But if there ever was a game where you drafted Swift, you're like, you know what? I'm going to play him. I finally get to play him. This is the game. This is the one game where Swift has the opportunity to do what you thought Swift was going to do this season. Will it happen? I don't think so. But this is your time to shine. Running backs 33 through 36, the final running backs here, the H tier. Dalvin Cook of the Jets going up against the Cowboys. This game reeks on paper. The Jets are going to get destroyed, I would think. But there's a chance that Salah, who looks like the fucking final boss in 300, if you know, you know, but without the nose rings and all those rings that he's got on, Dalvin Cook, they might run a lot at the beginning of the game. We might see a decent amount of Cook. Let him cook. And while Brees Hall looks way better than Dalvin Cook, I don't think Robert Salah is ready to kind of roll out the red carpet and give Brees Hall enough carries to where he's like the clear lead back. So there's going to be a committee system here. Not his best game, I don't think, of the season, but I think Cook is still going to be all right. Kyron Williams going up against the Niners, RB9 last week. I think he's going to finish pretty deep at the running back position, but if Stafford plays like he played last week, they should be able to at least get maybe two touchdowns. And with how much more Cam Akers, or how much more Williams played than Akers, Kyron could have a decent game. Running back 35, Gus Edwards. I don't believe in any of these running backs in Baltimore. Oh my God, Justice Hill is better than Gus Edwards. Well, Justice Hill, I don't think really is going to get a lot of opportunities. I think this is going to be a straight up committee. And I'd rather go with the bigger back who I think they'd roll with on the goal line against the Bengals. And then running back 36, Pacheco. Putrid week one. Don't see him doing much better though against the Jags. RB 30 in week one. RB36 feels fair for him. They used CH. They used Jarek McKinnon. This is a three-headed backfield of sadness. So, thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Make sure you guys check out the Patreon linked in the video description. I love you guys all so much. Hope you all have a great rest of your guys' day. Click on one of the videos on your screen and have a great one. Good boy!